Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Am I tough enough? Strong and stable leadership. Total rhubarb. Hell yes, I'm tough enough. Shut the fridge. Not another one. It's the Politics oh. Show podcast. Love podcast. Hate nonsense at the Politics Show podcast. Yay! <laughs> yes. Yay! Last one of the year. Yes! Last one of 2023. Last one ever. Podcast is over. What? Bad news. They asked me to tell you on air to capture your live reaction. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> oh, that's so cringe. Yeah! Yes! Um, um, how do you feel? About this being last one of the year? How do you feel, like, in general? In general? <laughs> that's quite nice to ask. You've never asked me that before. Um, I feel okay. How are you? Yeah, all right. I'm good. I did something mental this morning. What? You know, okay, we were talking about how we were tired, yeah. very tired. Yes. So this morning I was on something very, very early before I came. I was doing the papers somewhere, mm-hmm. like reviewing the papers. And I'd taken like a couple of kiwis to eat and like about like seven o'clock. I think I'd taken a couple of keys. I thought that's it. No. <laughs> kiwis. <laughs> okay, I can't get up at that time in the morning. So <laughs> No, kiwis. Anyway, so I went to cut the kiwi. And then like I realized like the plate was like full of blood. And I was like... Whoops. <laughs> I can, oh my God. I cut my finger. Oh fuck, that's a pretty bad cut. <laughs> yeah. But it was insane. And it you was had like noticed. a room, room full of people. I was like, sorry. I can have a plaster. <laughs> Just to like go to the sink awkwardly with like my, all my platelets on the plate. Yeah, something you don't really do as an adult, really. You don't really get bruises. I didn't even feel it. I was yeah, just like. Mental. I grated oh. my finger the other day. Or I was grating a cat or my knuckle, I suppose. Oh my God, what did you do with the. I'll go be sick. It, it wasn't like bad. Put it on the food. I actually didn't. Oh. Notice, I didn't notice. The, did the great skin go on the food? I suppose it must have done. Eva's dry heaving for the listener. I've got really bad. When I was with Sean once, we mm-hmm. were in Weymouth. Actually, we're going to talk about the baby Stockholm. It was when we went to go and film the baby Stockholm, 
and then we were boxing in the town centre afterwards in in Weymouth, not in not where the Bibi is. Mm. And um, we'd been boxing in this one area for like ages. And, and like, we suddenly like looked. Sean was like, "Oh my god!" And we looked at the floor, and there was like a bird that had like been completely eaten, <laughs> apart from the carcass. <laughs> Like it was still like splayed open like that, like, oh. and like you could see, like the entire like, Edmund Lickling. Yeah, I wasn't very good, and he thought I was and to go and sit down. I did. I had to, I had to go and do some deep breath. I can't remember where it was, but somewhere quite recently, I saw a bird eating another bird, which felt that felt wrong. That shouldn't. That felt like God is against that. Jesus Christ! I don't think you should. I don't. I don't think you should do bird cannibalism. No. So are you doing turkey this Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm doing a um, was it the four birds roast? But well, when they're all stuffed inside. Yeah, yeah, so they're doing that, but making sure the turkey eats the chicken and the chicken is eating the goose Don't and the goose eats the dog. Are you a goose man? No, I've never had a goose actually. Mm. I bet I like it. And um, what do you have at Christmas? Because they was vegetarian. That's what I was asking. I just have the bit. Oh, they don't do like a nut roast or something. Well, I have had years before where I've done the nut roast, and it's been like it's it's been an annoyance on the plate because yeah. we also have like um we're a very Catholic family, mm. and my mum is a very South London woman. So you those two things combined, the Italian South London in her means mm. that you have to finish your plate, <laughs> and like so like the nut roast became very cumbersome because I'd want to eat like all of. Like Christmas, you have like so many trips, yeah, like, yeah. you know, so many bits, don't you? Mm-hmm. And like, I really like veg, you know, like all the like, I love the Brussels, I mm-hmm. love all like the buttered cabbage and all of that sort of stuff. And not roast, it doesn't sound appealing either. It's not something that well, it's just like a big hunk of stuffing, isn't it? And if you yeah. put stuffing anyway on the table, why? But it's something, roast? but the stuffing presumably meat. No, no. I make it. Oh, okay. <laughs> no meat in the stuffing. I thought, I thought you, you were going to suddenly realise that you actually weren't a meat. <laughs> No, yeah. I do eat, I'm like not, um, I've done it for like 15 years and I'm not like a fussy, fussy vegetarian. So like if the gravy is not like... Not one of the moony ones. No, like if the gravy's got like meat stock in it or whatever, I'll I'll eat it. Yeah, it's very open-minded of you. Well, I just do, I, it comes out of like an embarrassment of not wanting to cause a fuss. <laughs> and so I just yeah. eat it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think there's a balance between that, isn't there? I think if it's being made anyway, you haven't actively contributed to it, have you? Yeah. I mean, I could just open the bisto, couldn't I, and make my own. Maybe I should do that this year. But, but it would taste worse, though. No, but I don't, it's not It's not that. I don't really have, like, the, the flavour. I don't have the craving for meat, I think. It's really gone for me. Got you. You know, my palate's numbed. Maybe on pod next year you could eat some ham. There was once an editor who wanted me to go and film a video where I ate um, meat for the first time. And they were very, very forceful on it. And I was really? like, I don't want to do that. I think <laughs> and... I genuinely think if that's an interesting video, I don't think you should do it. No. I think I would watch a video of someone eating meat if they were vegetarian. Yeah. Who'd never eaten meat at all, I'd watch that video. Yeah. I didn't want to do it. No. Especially like that, yeah. No, completely fair. That's completely fair enough. We wouldn't do that then. Oh. But maybe maybe we should do it. I think we should. Well, in terms of the, let us know. The views. Yeah. Let us know if you want to watch that. If this is our end of year special. Mm. And... I say the theme, the title, the thesis of what we're going to talk about is did the Conservatives have a good year? Yeah, so this is sort of like the fan de siècle, hasn't it? It's been for the the, the Tories. <laughs> I now realise what you said. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, 
the fantasy egg. What the fuck's that? Well, this is like presumably this is the last Christmas that the Conservatives will be in government mm, for a few years. Presumably. Well, they could do it. Uh, I mean, like yeah, in they, could, they could have the election in January 2025. Yeah. No, wait, wasn't that ruled out? Because didn't didn't Jeremy Hunt? Um, wasn't he at uh, a think tank and he said we've got an election next year and everyone went oh that means that... Well, that, well no it didn't rule it out I don't think I don't think that rules out a January 25 election if he said it off had it of think tank alright is my reading on that but you know Labour Labour in full um, election mode mm. all of them yeah so they... not, not policy wise but they are they, they are like behind the scenes they are very much prepping for they're, they're going to be meeting with um I don't know if I'm allowed to report that. Yeah. They'll, they, they'll be meeting with, like, um, civil servants who'll explain how departments work mm-hmm. to potential secretaries of state. I mean, they are really in the, the full swing that we are going to be in government next year. So what we could... We, we should we should call this... This is the Christmas... This is the decadent, right? This decadent December. This is the last... <laughs> Rishi, start packing your boxes. Uh, Rishi's last Christmas. Last Christmas, signed by... Yeah. Or the um, E17 video that we did on our channel. Wouldn't it be so much fun if they did the election like Noel Edmonds announced it and it was like deal or no deal? And like, <laughs> it's like the incumbent prime minister is like in the middle. Uh-huh. And he'll be like, right, I'll open Batley and Spen. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then it'll be like the current MP opens it and uh-huh. it'll be like, oh. <laughs> And then it'll be like, you're not giving us seeds. <laughs> <laughs> it's even an exit poll. Yeah. The whole thing turns into pantomime. Yeah. That, a long, a long episode of Deal or No Deal. Importantly, that Noel Edmonds is hosting it. Yes, true. I don't. Oh, he he wouldn't do that because he lives in New Zealand now. He might come back for that. I think huh? He would. Well, they brought back Deal or No Deal, and it's not presented by him anymore. Yeah, but do you not think he'd come back for like the election special? I think we should give Stephen Mulher a chance. No, we if we're giving it to anyone, it's Alan Titchmarsh. I think he'd be worse at that. Alan Titchmarsh? Uh, what are you talking about? I don't think he'd be a, as good a presenter at that specific instance. That... As Stephen Mulher? Yes. Okay. I think Stephen Mulher is very good. I'm not even joking. I think he's very talented. Have you ever watched him for a penny? No. It's so funny. Is that... <laughs> it's so, like, they just do, like, a game show, but it's like a vox pop. And they just recruit people on the street to come and just do dumb things for, like, 100 quid. It's very funny. If you're ever watching ITV... On a Saturday night, about seven pm, then was was highly recommend. I'm I'm rarely watching ITV on a Saturday night at seven pm. Why? What are you doing? I don't know. It's something disgraceful. <laughs> something awful, Keith. <laughs> Probably you have your after work, but not. It's just something awful. Right, so watching we... reruns of Deal or No Deal. <laughs> <laughs> Ignoring Stephen Mulhern's presenting prowess. No, no, no. I'm I, I'm a I'm a um, Noel Edmonds purist. Oh, I think that's, I think that's good. okay. What about Richard Madeley hosts it? That would actually be unbelievable. <laughs> the complete lack of sensitivity. He's like, he's like, I don't know, um, Hitchin and Harfinden. Oh, well, the thing about the Hitler Youth is... Uh... <laughs> oh, and uh, Alicia Kearns, uh, you've lost your suit. Uh, good riddance! Yeah, yeah. Good riddance. No. You might say you deserved it. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that. You might say that. Someone might say that. Someone might say that. It's the Politics Show podcast. Should we? We're, we're even to start with the year that the Conservatives have had. Well, let me let me let me start you off in January because this is thematic. Quite obvious. Okay, so I'll start you off in January. Now you might remember 
that the former Chancellor Nadim Zahawi was in hot water because he was found to have breached the ministerial code by failing to declare the HMRC investigation into his tax affairs. Mm. Now, listeners who are also listening, who also uh, tuning into Monday's episode, mm-hmm. might remember that Michelle Moan did not report things correctly to the press. Yes. Well, here's another one for you boys. <laughs> Nadim Zahawi um, d- refused to declare that he paid a settlement to HMRC, which means that he didn't correctly record his tax. Um, and then that kind of became a theme, not the tax, but the... Inaccuracy. The kind of, basically, the entire theme of 2023 has been, Minister, did you do this? No, how dare you ask me this? Yeah, okay, but Minister, we've done a Freedom of Information request and it really seems like you did do it. Look, I didn't <laughs> know about it, but since you've brought it up, I'm now looking into it. The press are then like, do you think that you should resign, Minister? They say no, and then they eventually do resign. Yes. It seems to be the year of fucking around and finding out. Which was your favourite ministerial resignation this year? There's been so many. And I... Favourite ministerial... Oh, it probably Sue Ellen. I think her her post-ministerial... Was that a resignation or was that a sacking? Resignation. It was a resignation. Well, yeah, but it was a sacking because it was done over the phone, wasn't it? Yes, yes. But... Um... I, 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 th- I think her lack of dignity since has been excellent. Well, I don't know what you're watching, but... I think that she displayed impeccable dignity while she was in office. Mm. So while she was the Home Secretary, this is earlier in November, mm-hmm. so this is, what, six weeks ago, uh, she described rough sleeping as a lifestyle choice. Yeah. And it had cut through. It, yeah, it did. I think, I think people... I, people are attuned to the vilification of some of the most vulnerable people in our society. Mm. I think, believe it or not, they care about... And they don't like people seeing people being downtrodden already, being stamped on or laughed at, especially by a party that a protest does have a lot to answer for in terms of their lifestyle choice, as, as she would describe it. Um, Do you think it was confusing for Suella Braverman at the time? Because she'd gone for various other minorities, like, you know, she'd gone for the um, the trans community mm-hmm. and she'd gone for the, the refugees and then she went for the homeless and the country went, whoa, 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 whoa. Not them. Not them. They're white. And she was like, hang on, wait a minute. <laughs> I have I have gone for every minority uh, group. And, and you're, this is the one you don't this like. This is the one you don't like? I've literally put 500 asylum seekers on a barge yeah. off the coast of uh-huh. Dorset. Yep. You don't like this one? She must have, she must have, that must have been a confusing conversation with Sunak as well. Mm. Being like, they all, they all think it. We all think, we all say this all the time. Yeah. This usually works. <laughs> this usually works. This usually in our manifesto. Um, what, what next for Suella post-2023, do you think? Look, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because I think it's, I think it's, um, I think it's important to, to view this through uh, the Metropolitan Police and her break away from them as Home Secretary. So when she wrote that article saying oh, that yeah, the, the Met Police should... Really start arresting people oh, the Palestine at Palestine marches, marches. Yeah. Um, and then didn't say anything when the far right were emboldened mm. to take over Whitehall. You were on Whitehall it wasn't quite Whitehall. famously during that. Was that your favourite protest? No, 
the far right organized far right protest wasn't my thing. Oh, you didn't agree with what they had to say? No, believe it or not, I didn't. Oh, right, okay. Um, I, I, I don't agree with the far right. I just like to get that on record. Um, so I thought it was a pretty extraordinary day of reporting and I think the discourse around it and the fallout from it was quite remarkable. And seeing I don't, seeing the far right on feeling being emboldened to march on to behave like that or to act like that on so Remembrance Day is a very important day to lots of people and the country treats it with such reverence and they felt emboldened to completely disrupt it and to charge the cenotaph and I still don't really understand what they were wanting to achieve by charging the cenotaph mm. because it was being defended I suppose by the police and then you see Tommy Robinson at the head of them he being emboldened as well I thought it was um, sad really that the, gov- the, the Conservative government has taken no culpability for it and the Home Secretary has never apologised what would she apologise for? For uh, for 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 maybe for recognising the power of her language. I always feels like yeah. No, she, 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 oh, I was being sarcastic, but yeah. No, but, as in, but maybe she does think she's nothing to apologise for. Maybe she thinks this was an appropriate thing to do. I think that there was probably a realisation that as Home Secretary, you absolutely should not have alienated the police. Like that's that's one. Mm. The Home Second, the Met are like you know they're meant to be. Yeah, but they, what if the police have gone walk? What have they gone mad? Gender mad? Okay, well... They've gone woke, gender mad. What was your favourite woke policy? Um, of all time? Yeah, mine was the, the Sarah Everard vigil. What? <laughs> I thought that was when they were at their most woke. Please. And then I really liked the Dame Louise Casey report when they found it was institutionally racist. So yeah, I also that thought that woke. was pretty woke I like well. when they were homophobic, not just to members of the public, but to each other. That's yes. very woke of them. Very, very woke of them. I like when they did Pride. Yeah, that was... Uh, that's quite woke of them. That was actually quite woke of them, wasn't it, I suppose? Yeah. yeah. I think that is actually, that is actually maybe a definition. <laughs> Please that's the actually the bit that they're quite... That's the bit that they're upset about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. no, the, the, we sent the police to police the pride thing, uh-huh. and now they're, 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 they're getting involved uh, in the pride thing. Oh, I know they're... Do they, do they have a float of pride? Fellas, can we have gay police officers? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> is it gay to be a policeman? Um, is, is that what they're saying? It's just, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely extraordinary, isn't it? I um, The woke woke barometer has really gotten out of hand. The woke dial has really, has really like gone like five to midnight this, this year, hasn't it? <laughs> and I'm not sure where else they're going to go with it. So today, for example, they were talking about how this um, very, very beautiful woman had won a beauty pageant. This was in the Daily Mail. She's wearing the most incredible gold dress mm-hmm. with stunning like supermodel legs like you know she's just like most like vision but she's got a pixie haircut like, <laughs> has it gone woke <laughs> excuse me that is clearly a lesbian yeah <laughs> and everyone knows lesbians are ugly everyone knows that they described they described this person as androgynous now I haven't I haven't what? I haven't actually read into it and so I apologise if this person also describes themselves as androgynous but they were wearing like a, like a, like a, a bright gold, incredible dress. Mm. Actually, it was reminiscent of Beyonce's "I Am Sasha Fierce" tour. For any fans out there who mm. might who might know what I'm talking about, um, and but just had like a a pixie bob. 
apparently that's extremely woke. Do you know who's also woke then? Mm-hmm. Princess Diana. But she actually was a bit woke, wasn't she? Well, yeah, actually, no, she, yeah, she was. She actually she was. She was a bit. She was awake that one. <laughs> She'd walking up. She really was. But then, didn't um, uh, why have I forgotten her name? Who was like the the huge model in the sixties? Twiggy. Twiggy. So she'd be woke too, wouldn't she? Did you have short hair? Did she not have short hair? Did Mary Quant have short hair? I feel like a lot of women have had short hair. No, I, no, that was just the ones we're naming. an issue. Just the ones we're naming. I don't think it's been an issue until Creeper. now, to be honest. You know what? Margaret Thatcher had a perm. So is that not a bit woke? No, because that's quite a feminine thing to do. Perms? Yeah. Perms are, perms are feminine? I think so. Who's deciding that? Me. Oh, well, fair enough. No, I'm, fair still, enough. I'm, I'm saying that. Fair enough. You do have your, your woke Bible out with you, don't you? So you're like, go through it right <laughs> the, now. Like, the notes you wrote me. Oh. Let me just check. Shut the fridge. It's the Politics Show podcast. What else happened this woke this year? Political correctness gone mad. Um, Political correctness gone mad. I would say probably the 10 by-elections <laughs> that the Conservatives <laughs> have subjected themselves. I'm, yeah, I'm going to call that as a bad segue, but I'll let you carry on. <laughs> okay, so let's just like, let's have a quick chat about the, uh, so that's disingenuous. They fought nine by-elections and to their credit, they've only lost one, two, three, they lost four seats. That's not that many. So they lost... Okay, no, but, I mean, there were nine by-elections completed and they only yes. won one of them, which was Uxbridge, which... Well, actually, they didn't even win it. They, they held only, it. They only held five of them, though. They held it. But they lost Tamworth, Mid-Bedfordshire, um, Somerton and Frome, Selby and Ainstree. Those were all actually uh, pretty safe seats before yeah, now. Fucking but to be fair to them, the by-election that will be coming up in the new year, well, it might not go ahead if the election is called early enough, is Scott Benton. And he is South Blackpool, Blackpool South. He is Red Wall. The Conservatives won that seat in 2019. They will now probably lose it <laughs> because Scott Benton was found to have been lobbying yeah, but the it's gambling not, yeah. industry. But, that, but, that's not, but that's also not why he'd lose it. He'd lose it anyway. He'd lose it because of the dreadful performance of the government. Yeah, that's true. It's not, it's not, it's not, I doubt this because there needs to be a petition now to, to see if there's a, re, a recall petition, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And so it's not going to, people aren't going to sign it because they disagreed with Scott Benton's abuse of power and misuse of his parliamentary title and stuff. They're going to, he's go, they're going to lose the seat because the Conservatives have completely fucking lost it and the country's shit. That's, That's why they're going to lose your opinion, but some of us appreciate what Michelle Moan has done for the PP movement. <laughs> um, let's go to... Sorry, you actually need to declare that you're a, you're a stakeholder in PPE med, bro. Well, listen, I've... I make a lot of masks. <laughs> Let's just go through a couple of these reasons. So Chris Pincher resigned after losing his appeal to suspension due to groping allegations. Jesus Christ. Nadine Dorries resigned after being omitted from the resignation honours list. Pathetic. Oh, Margaret Ferrier, one of your lot, SNP, re- recall petition after breaking COVID-19. That felt a bit slightly Sorry. racist. Slightly Sorry. Racist. I, 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 Sorry. I'm not going to say it was racist. All in good fun. It. All in good fun. David Warburton. Resigned 14 months after his suspension pending an investigation. Uh, he was accused in the Sunday Times, all the Times, one of those, um, of being in front of a plate of drugs oh, yeah. and having sex. Nigel Adams <laughs> and resigned after being omitted from Boris Johnson's resignation on his list. The, um, oh, Chris Matheson, though, with Labour, 
resigned after suspension for serious sexual misconduct. The other Labour reasons are pretty fair. One just wanted to go and work for Mercy Care NHS Foundation Trust, and the other one wanted to be the Deputy Mayor of Greater Manchester. Yeah, but then we also need to give the Conservatives some credit because they held Oxbridge. They did hold Oxbridge. But I, you know, that was... In hindsight, it's actually very interesting that they managed to hold Uxbridge, isn't it? I don't really buy that it turns into the de facto ULES referendum. Well, do you not? No, I don't. I think it's a seat that's always been conservative. And it's on the outskirts of, is you know, it's Greater London, which mm. which typically is like... Mm. Oh, sorry, I also don't buy this. I'm sorry, I, I oh, also don't agree. Were you going to be pro? It was... Yes, no, but then I thought about it again for a moment. I was like, oh, yeah, no, it was... They significantly reduced their majority. Yeah, it's like 700 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, sorry. No, you're absolutely right. I don't think it is either. I think it's... it's if it's it's a bellwether seat and yeah. the Conservatives can't chalk up... What was Boris Johnson's majority? Like, it was thousands, whatever it was. Uh, he was, he was, yeah. And maybe. now it's less than a thousand. And the Conservatives can point to that and say, well, that was brilliant, guys. That yeah. is the fucking blueprint. Mm-hmm. We need more Steve Tuckwells reeling against environmental policies. Whatever happened to that, we should really keep tabs on them. Maybe we should come back in the new year and say, what have all these new MPs done since they've been into office? But I think we should do that. We'd be... There's other ones who we, have, who we don't know about either. Mm. Like, when you look at PMQs and there's an MP you've never heard of. Mm-hmm. And that's always fun. Mm-hmm. At least we've heard of these ones. Well, I, I guess that's all that matters then, isn't it? Yeah, just being aware of them. That's all they want to know. Do you know what's interesting today, Edward? Something in... Uh, an important follow-up happened to one of your the one of the big stories that you covered this year which is XL Bullies yes so 4,000 applications um, for XL Bullies to be allowed to what be alive after December it have been approved or exemptions yeah exemptions have been approved mm. have oh they've been know? approved they have been yeah that's interesting pretty much all of them that went in got approved but after this December am I right in saying that they XL bullies, if they are defined as an XL bully, they have to be out with the muzzle and not it's, the lead now. It's like muzzled, walk the lead, neutered, registered, insured as like a dangerous mm-hmm. dog. And if it's in like a private home, um, can't, yeah, can't breed. Well, if they're neutered, they can't be bred anyway. Um, yeah, I think that's interesting. So the, all the people that I spoke to, so I, I did a, for those who don't know, I did a, um, I went to an XL bully process in Westminster with Sean and spoke to people who were protesting against kind of the, what they view as the the persecution of the XL bullies and lots of people were saying they are they were describing themselves as the responsible dog owners etc and this is it's the other people who don't make them look it's other it's the other dog owners who make them look bad and that was of course a tricky day for them because uh the day before someone uh oh someone had mauled someone and like yeah, Coleman or something. Like so that. someone had been mauled pretty badly. Yeah, I th- and, but I think I think it, they and they were also all they were all terrified that their dogs were going to have to be put down. So for, so I suppose for them, if they are the responsible dog owner that they say they are, if their dogs are incredibly well trained, because that, that was the thing, wasn't it? There was like all these interviews with families that had exo bullies, and it was like, oh my, wee girl loves this sixty kilogram killing machine for mm-hmm. the muscle, and but we've got it incredibly well trained. It's the other people who aren't responsible enough to own an XL bully and care for it properly and train it that are like that's the cause of all these deaths so I suppose this is this a happy medium between like because if a dog has a muzzle on it can't 
rip someone's throat out. Yeah, so that's, yeah. That's, well, that's good. I just... The more that you and people get to keep their family pets. So all of this went on. It's absolutely wild. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. If that's, your, if that's your dog and you love it and you've trained it, like... Who am I to tell you that you've got to, you can't have that dog like that? Who am I to do that? Yeah. What I just find astonishing is the defence for, for example, for that that awful video we saw of in a park and that girl who was yeah. screaming and that dog was like charging at her, like ripping her arm mm. off. And then in Birmingham, wasn't there also that guy around a petrol station nearly had his arm ripped off as well? Yeah. How can you defend that? No, it, I think it's well. These these dogs. There was there was one interview. I think it was on Good Morning Britain, and there's a dog, ex dog handling expert or dog expert on in the studio, and they're talking to a family who had a dog, mm. an XL Billy, and the dog handler person was saying to the XL Billy family, "Please rehome that dog. Like if you've got you've got children. Really? Yeah, please just do it. That's my advice. Wow. Because she was arguing that all these dogs have the potential to just go, just go like that. Wow. Mm. Um, and then what can you do? Yeah, you it's, too, do it's, too, it's, too, it's too late at that point. And then, well, we were saying, weren't we? Ollie and I were walking up the street here where we work, mm-hmm. and there was a, a man being walked by his ex-husband, mm-hmm. and we were like, "Gone!" Like it doesn't matter how big you are as a man; that that thing is is bigger than you. Yes. Yeah. Also, sixty kilos is like a sm- a light man. Yeah. Being like, and I try to stop. Like, yeah, but running full sprint, trying to stop like a man trying to kill someone, a sixty kilogram man, and you're holding him by a rope. Yeah, it's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. And yeah. that small man is going to rip your throat out. Yeah, probably. Um, what this has occurred to me? What do you think about dog owners' view of do- of their own dogs at the moment? What do you mean? Well, this is on Friday. I was at, I was on a train, and this woman had brought her dog with her on the train. And the dog wasn't particularly well trained. Was kind of like bothering a lot of people, and she seemed quite reluctant to like intervene. And mm-hmm. and then she was complaining that her dog wasn't being like people weren't making a fuss over her dog. Well, I guess it's sort of like some parents with their children, isn't it? But children, I get. What if I I think okay, God, this is going to really catch a lot of heat. I can, but some people do feel. That way about their dog. Some people do feel that way. Yes, yeah. I agree. They do feel that way. I don't think it's the same. But they think it's the same. Yes, but they, that's not. And I would, I mean, some people's children, like sometimes. You... But you think as well, if like a child was like, I don't know, putting his hand in your shoe. No, but some parents don't stop that. Yeah, it's true. Actually. They don't care. They're like, oh, Timmy is just investigating. He's, He's funny. Like, okay. <laughs> For you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know, know him. I don't know the show. And. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I think um, there's also like, I do, okay, so friends of mine have a very big dog and the very big dog is very well trained. Not an XL Billy, but a very big dog. Um, Legally, not an XL Billy. No, 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 but really not an XL uh-huh. And like, we, we've had times before when I've been at their house sitting in their garden and the dog has like very excitedly leapt onto me and like Ooh. thrown me off of the chair. Yeah. It's fine because it's playful. Mm. However... If there was one part of me that thought that dog would want to kill me, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be out of there. <laughs> I would not be going around. Oh. Um, but they defend they defend it to the nth degree. They've kind of got it in their head where they're like, if they come for the XL bullies, they'll now come for our dogs. And then it'll just be a, a big chain. Yeah, but I don't think all dog owners think that. Especially dog, 
except for they kill other dogs mm. as well or attack other dogs. It's not mm. people that are at risk. There is that, isn't Although it? Although I think that should be the priority. Um, but anyway, so that legislation comes in in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. Is that maybe one of the biggest achievements? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Sunak has had this year. But he's got, he's banned XL bullies. Yeah. Yeah, quite possibly. What else can you point to that's like a win for him? Um, was Windsor Framework this year? Windsor Framework was this year, actually. Yeah. Well, I suppose that's another win. Yeah. Well, uh, oh, see, I... I think it was a win for the EU. Like, there was okay, so that was back in. Um, so the Windsor Framework, the Sausage Agreement, the Sausage Alignment, yes. as we were calling it, that was in February. Ursula von der Leyen came after they'd been attempting to negotiate what they were going to do with the island question for quite some time. Ursula von der Leyen held this joint press conference in Windsor with Rishi Sunak, and she looked extremely pleased. She, too pleased, <laughs> to the point where you're like, hmm. You've hated us for the longest time here. <laughs> Why are you so happy? <laughs> What's going on here? Uh, um, so good to see you. Yeah, so what they agreed on was that Northern Ireland would now have to align itself with EU regulations. And that would mean that goods could travel from the Republic into Northern Ireland and into, good, uh, into Great Britain. One thing that Rishi Sunak really downplayed with that is that Great Britain also now has to align itself with EU regulations, mm. which if you were an avid Brexiteer, you'd be pretty upset about because I think that was one of the pinch points. You wanted to have your bendy bananas um, and your light bulbs or whatever the rest of it was. Yep. But actually now we've just got like a roundabout way of being in the EU, EU without being in the EU. Very good, guys. Very, very well done. <laughs> you can't even do that properly. Um, yeah, nice one. No freedom of movement, but you do have to make sure that your light bulb can travel from Suffolk through to Northern Ireland, down through the Republic, and yep. then over to Spain. Nice. And it's all easy, and everyone's all the better for it. Hmm, you could say that. Is everyone the better for David Cameron returning? That's a great question. What happened there, Ed? Um, so, as is my want when political news breaks, I was not working. I don't, did, have I talked about this? Not? Okay. No, I was, well, this was off the back of my, um, of the far right process Palestine Day. So I was off on the Monday. Ah, yes. So, but I have a, I don't know. It's actually not happened recently, but I went through a spate of not being at work or working when there was big political news. Mm. I think when the Queen died, I was off. When Liz Truss, yeah, that's suspicious. When Liz Truss, <laughs> when Liz Truss stepped down, I was also off work. Suspicious. So, 
<laughs> so what was like? What was the common theme of what, what I was doing in those two events? Well, I didn't know it. I no. wasn't with you. That's true. That's where you're, and I maintain that Ava wasn't with me to mm. any legal inquiries. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Dave Cameron has been brought back to shore up Rishi Sunak's international legitimacy mm-hmm. to give him a hand on the foreign affairs front because as a former prime minister, he's had a mass, he's had vast experience liaising with other governments, other countries, allies, and in a time of a special, especially tumultuous, volatile, tumultuous international sphere. Wanted to lend a hand. So I wanted them back. Also, everyone kept talking about how bored David Cameron was. The other part of the story being like, oh, David Cameron's been so bored since he stopped being Well, he couldn't get a job after Greensill, could he? No, true. So he was just like playing, people people were just texting, he was texting people asking to play tennis. Yeah, was he not getting booked for speeches? That's so insulting. Yeah. Uh-huh. Even Theresa May's getting booked everywhere for yeah, speeches. But also, like, yeah. I wonder oh, what... but to be fair, she was the architect of Winrush, so she's got like a little add-on, hasn't she? She's like, oh, uh, no, I'll uh, show no, you no, how no. to be racist. Then he he did Brexit and austerity. So he's got quite a lot to talk about. Yeah, he did. You know what's interesting? Back. Um, Actually, so so when David, Cam- when David Cameron returned and there was that big moment and he came back in, he was made a lord so that he could... Uh, take his position on the cabinet mm-hmm. um, there was some talk at the time this was um, very soon after the the terrorism of October the 7th and it was still very much in a we um, the the UK and the US got full behind Israel and we're now in a space in the last couple of days where the US is softening on that resolve mm-hmm. and they're talking about the 20,000 people who have been killed in Gaza. And Biden is saying things like indiscriminate bombing, bad. David Cameron is now saying things like extremist settlers will not be welcome in the UK. Stop doing it. Mm-hmm. You've got Ben Wallace, the former Defence Secretary, writing in the Telegraph today. This will be on Monday, sorry if you're listening to this mm-hmm. on Wednesday, uh, talking about um, Israel's killing rage and the legality of what what is going on in the Gaza Strip. It's just interesting because Cameron coming in, there was some talk about whether the policy towards um, the Israel-Gaza war would change with him mm-hmm. him in post. Has it had a direct correlation? I don't know. But it has softened. softened. There's not still, there's not, I wouldn't say that there was, I wouldn't still say that there was morality in the argument. I'm not saying that everything is suddenly crystal because obviously it's not. Yeah, but the line has changed. The line has changed, but I think it's changed because the US's line has changed. Yeah, of course. I think like that's that, uh, pretending that James Cleverly would have done and been more hard. I did not for. say his name. Well, as a foreign, <laughs> we can name the former foreign secretary. I know, but I, I said specifically David Cameron. No, no, but no, but yeah, I suppose. But then also, like, I think because he was well into the settlements when he was prime minister. Really? Yeah, like like settlements bad. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But then, but then I think, uh, but as a, but as always our foreign policy is dictated by America. Of course it is. And he's not going to suddenly be like, actually... And we only went when Biden went. Yeah. Where he, we go where he leads. You no, know, that's a Carol King song. Is it? Yeah. I'm not not, not massively into Carol King, so... What do you mean? I don't think I know very many Carol King songs. Mental. Is it? Yeah. I just thought you'd like the album, Tapestry. I've never listened to it. Maybe I'll listen to it tonight. Maybe you should. Yeah. I think you'd enjoy it. I'll write that down. Um, looming large over the Conservatives mm-hmm. since October. Yeah. The spectre of Nigel Farage. Oh, do you think? 
Why do you think that? Why do I think that? <laughs> why do I think that it's looming large? Yeah. Well, he was at the Conservative Party conference. Mm-hmm. I could, I spotted him being loaded. Ah, uh, that's Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, everybody. Yeah. That's Nigel Farage. Not a member of the Conservative Party. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Remove this man. Remove this man immediately. Yeah. Um, he was being lauded by the young Tories. But I've, I don't know, they're, they're not a great judge of character because they're swivel-eyed loons, basically. But they were, they were loving him. Um, there's been lots of talk about his potential fr- return to the front line politics after being in the jungle and um, there's been lots of dis- discussion about would he join the conservatives senior tories have said he'd be welcome in the conservative party and so yeah what what do you think the relationship is like at the moment between farage and the tories i think that, that farage has always been very helpful to the conservatives i would argue that he won them the 2019 election not necessarily won it because i think they were going to win anyway but i think the landslide was down to him i think people really turned out to vote because of him, he was saying the things that the Conservatives didn't want to have to say themselves or couldn't get their comms in order to say. And Nigel uh, Farage, you know, he was very much on the anti-immigration, get Brexit done wave mm-hmm. that the Conservatives just sort of rode onto, rode into polling day. He made it more exact. He made his his appearance or participation made him more except he did the he walked so the conservatives could run yeah he kind of pulled the narrative he's pulled the narrative like to the right Mm -hmm. and no one in even the conservative like upper echelons denied that they would do any of the things that nigel yeah was was saying Mm. so it, it kind of like all convoluted and the brexit party got muddled in with boris johnson's get brexit done campaign and they sort of just aided and abetted him getting in. It's one of their biggest regrets. Do you know that, the Reform Party? What? Is how much they helped, well, the then Brexit Party, how much they helped Boris Johnson get into government. Really? Yeah, one of their biggest gripes because they stood aside in a lot of places ah. so that to allow him to get in because so he could deliver Brexit. Mm-hmm. And then they're, they're obviously not happy with Brexit I, or the government. Yeah, and I think it's a massive... Oh, I'm probably going to have to eat my hat this. I think it's a miss read to think that Nigel would want to be parachuted in as a lord and serve in Boris Johnson's hypothetical cabinet if Boris Johnson was to return, which was the news a couple of months ago was going to happen. I don't think, yeah, I, well, I don't think he'd return. I don't think he wants that. Farage? I don't think the Farage wants to ride on the hypothetical Boris Johnson coattails. So when those stories were coming out and they were being reported, I was like, oh, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, but also I don't think, I don't think... Co- Johnson would be elected. No, but I mean hypothetically, if that were to be the case. If you were elected, Farage would, would want to pitch. participate. Yes, I agree, actually. I think Farage would want to be, if he was involved at all, he'd want to be the main man. Yeah, of course. He wouldn't just settle for education uh-huh. or something like that. He's lost it seven times now. He wants it. <laughs> but, <laughs> Lucky number eight. But anyway, one of the most important politicians in recent history. Definitely. Do you think it's interesting as well how much, how different kind of the open window is on things like immigration and stuff like that. People say things now about, openly say we should, why are the army shooting the people, the refugees on boats crossing the channel? Mm. Which is, I think, I think it's 
it's we're a much harder, much more unfeeling country compared to a fair few years ago. But that's a very it's a very vocal minority. But as in, but, if you look at like Migration Watch, they they put up their own polling and they were acting like this proved a point, but it didn't. It was like like the middle. The middle of people being like, do not mind, mm -hmm. is pretty wide. Mm -hmm. And the extremes of like, love it and hate it are very narrow. Mm -hmm. Most of the country are just sort of like, unfazed and unbothered. Mm -hmm. And then they get, they get, the heat turns up on them when the conservatives start claiming that there's all start convoluting figures and suggesting that 700,000 people who've immigrated here is are all people on small boats yes rather yes. than like have come here through legal channels to work but i think it's, it's, it's become socially acceptable or politically acceptable or in the mainstream almost to have these really vehement anti-immigration mm -hmm. or policies or just be openly racist is also now quite acceptable in large swathes both media and politics but then people hate click on a lot of things and i think hate clicking sort of some some broadcasters think that just because they've got views on something it means that that's what the silent majority agree with does not necessarily true yeah I don't know it's hard to parse why people watch things isn't it but I think it, it wouldn't be people hate watch us people hate watch us but I but if you look at our there are metrics for it as we get 90 something percent likage mm. on most of our posts whereas the people have the option to dislike as well so I think I'd probably undertake it's a little <laughs> like this <laughs> People, I think it's a lot of likes on his I think as well should we um, should we just talk about Gillian Keegan doing a fucking good job oh yeah she fucking rules that was a it's just should we end on the messiest month of the year I, conservative I just fucking they're, they're contemptible they're having they've got a shit year and they're shit government and I think they're shut the bed entirely and mm. this is a really good example of how they've done that what was it, Gillian Keegan? <laughs> was she was a, was a hot mic, basically. So it was. Uh, she was expressing her frustration about the crumbling concrete crisis in schools, which only affected ninety five percent of schools. The other way to read that is five percent of schools could fall down at any moment and crush all of the children inside them. Um, and during an interview with Daniel Hewitt on ITV, after the interview, she said, "Do you know what? Why doesn't anyone say?" You're doing a fucking good job, Gillian. You're working really hard here. No one ever tells you that. And it went viral. Yes, because she's... Ugh. I think they are... It's just completely unserious. It well. is completely unserious. And also, that it kind of gives you an insight in how they talk when they go back to their departments or when they're not on Yeah, camera. great job, everyone. Yeah, they're like, oh, it's fine. Oh, it's fine that your children are... About... What's happened with that, by the way? Presumably nothing. With the rack. With the... Yeah. Those, those schools are still being used, aren't they? Well... I think they, they put up a lot of porter cabins, didn't they? Still. Well, I would have. Th I I highly doubt. I would. I would put a lot of money on it that they have not rectified the issue. Is, and and there's something like us as well. We forgot forgotten about that. They just that's been allowed to go away. That story about like children in death traps. Oh, do you remember when Gavin Williamson said to shut up and go away? Do you remember him? I remember Gavin Williamson. I don't remember shut up and go away. Oh, Russia should shut up and go away. <laughs> You're encyclopedic knowledgeable. Random things MPs have said is quite impressive. Thank you. Really That's actually quite an obvious one, but I appreciate is it? that. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. I've never heard that before my life. Mm. It's pretty. It's pretty. Um. I'd say. I'd say that's on. That's on the easy level. 
Fucking hell, it wasn't a hard level. We're not even on a... Oh, well, it's, it's got to be something, you know. It's probably John Major legalising... Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> legalising Sam Miller or something. No, no, no. I was going to say what well, he did legalise, but it's atrocious. And <laughs> October was a messy month for them. So Gillian Keegan did a fucking good job. And then uh, Rishi Sunak went to conference and had his entire Conservative Party conference dominated by will he, won't he cancel HS2. Yes. Have you heard about any of the um, any advancements made on the £36 billion saved from HS2 that was planned to be reinvested in other transport projects? I don't know if you've been uh, looking at any procurement for new for Network North. Not often. No. no? No. Well, then that's worked out well. Yeah. It's... There's just... I don't know. I think you said this last week, was it, about... We just need to stop treating them with any respect. Mm. And they've used up the last of everyone's goodwill and people just need to stop start treating them like the dickheads that they are. They're just doing... I didn't say that, thing. but I like I, how I, you've paraphrased. Yes, I've actually paraphrased. A lot of that was uh, Ed original there. Yeah. So I'll, I'll claim back some of the credit. You take that, hun. But then they're just doing dumb fucking stupid things that are going to be completely inactionable. Mm-hmm. Like they're 16-year-olds, under 16 are going to be banned from social media. No, but it's also it's like big, they're in their like weird policy stage when they're just announcing anything and then nothing actually their, gets done with it. They're in their big fucking like kicking up a big stink about that. It's even if the law is passed, it's almost completely un, unenforceable. Yeah, entirely unenforceable. Yeah, well, I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, it, shows, it actually shows them up for being more incompetent than they wanted because mm-hmm. they clearly don't understand if people use social media. But also, I think it's it's also probably a lot to do with how Rishi Sunak operates. And it does show him to be very out of touch because potentially that's something that's going to work in his household. Mm. He's got children who are at um, a boarding school. Mm-hmm. It is enforceable, right? Yeah. And um, that's not enforceable if you're not like, I don't know, under the lock and key and belief in your, like, I don't know, was it matron who works at these sort of schools? <laughs> uh-huh, mistress. Yeah, but if you don't have that kind of... Um, structure mm-hmm. i guess in your life then it's like it's, it's how would you how would you go about policing it but does that mean as well like you can't say you're playing playstation mm. can you have your headset on and talk to people then is that part of it i bet they don't i bet they don't even know that's a thing don't isn't there like a wi-fi company that allows you to turn off if you're a parent you can turn off like gaming or whatever like at certain times oh, probably, there's, probably there's like safe search options and stuff as well but isn't that for like it's to stop them playing at like I don't know after 11 o'clock just so they go to bed but the 16 yeah. year olds not using social media is absolutely mental oh, it's just it's just also about it's like it's a utility as well like people communicate with their friends on or whatever it's just super nanny state as well isn't it like you've got this huge issue with social media a huge issue with regulation and instead of going up to the upper echelons and saying to like Facebook, TikTok, and you know, well, sorry, Meta and TikTok, we need you to regulate and serve sensible content to certain age groups. Yeah. Instead, it's like, no, let's go and attack the parents. Let's go and take it out on them. Yeah. Leave the big businesses, yeah. the giants to do their thing. It's stupid. It's really stupid. Everything they're going to announce from forever. It's just going to be shit until there's an election. Mm, it's very nanny state, isn't it? Whatever happened with the smoking? The vape stuff? Yeah, no, no, with uh, 
banning smoking like New Zealand style because you know New Zealand reneged on that policy. Oh really? Yeah, they realised they were like, I think they're actually quite like to give it. No, 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 they've reneged on. Sorry, I mean the UK. Oh right, but anyway, so New New Zealand have gone. Oh, it's actually really expensive. We lose loads of money off of um, tax, and we'd quite like to offer tax cuts to people who are struggling at the moment. So smoke away. And also, if they die earlier, they won't have to use this tax money to sustain them as well. So it's good. So they, if they get into like a negative birth rate, then maybe that's what they're aiming for. All right. So predictions. What's the one big story that you'll be looking at in January? What do you think is gonna? <laughs> what do you think is gonna bleed over from the Conservatives' mess? But like, I don't. I don't think anything's going to change. I don't think there's going to be anything. They're going to reanimate the corpse of. Ted Heath and make him Chancellor. Ted Heath? Yes. That's my guess. That's like, nothing sensible is going to change. It's going to continue on being this fucking zombie government that's not going to change anything. Not, it's going to be Labour 20-25% in the polls until the election comes. Labour 25 Oh, you mean ahead? Ahead. Sorry. They're not going to drop. What do you mean? 24. They're going to maintain that and nothing they do is going to change it. Rishi Sunak is going to prove himself to be Incompetent, shrill, tetchy, angry, refusing to engage with any policy meaningfully, and they're just going to shit in their hands and present it to the UK and public and wonder why people aren't thanking them for it. That's my prediction. Okay. What was your prediction? I like that. Um, I think that they are going to get Rwanda done. I think they are going to achieve Rwanda. Do you think the Supreme Court is, excuse me, the Supreme Court is not going to... I th- Yeah, I think that they are going to... I think that they will push it through. I then think they won't they won't actually be able to deport anyone because I think that human rights will supersede it and I think that whatever. And I think that they'll be found out as a whole lot of chances. And the Rwanda policy will be like the Whale of them. Do you know what it kind of is? Do you know like um it'll just be the thing that sticks on him forever. Not not just like the um, the um, brutality of the policy, mm. but it'll just be like the 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 inefficacy of the policy. Yes, and that's going to really undermine his Silicon Valley credentials. Yeah, for afterwards, going to be like so. What 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 have you talk us through a time where you faced a challenge <laughs> to work? Challenge of work. I had to work as a team to achieve something. Yeah. Well, actually, I had. To. So actually what I did was I fired all of the team. I fired the ECHR. I fired the... <laughs> I sacked my boss. I sacked the Supreme Court. Uh, and then I, we did not manage to send a single person to Rwanda mm. at all. Um, what do you think? How do you think, say you were Rishi Sunak, relaxing over Christmas, about to listen in to the King's speech? I don't think he's going to relax over Christmas. No, no, I don't think he will either. But imagine he's pretending to relax. Hey, do you know what? I'm going to say something controversial. I don't reckon he listens to the King's speech. I reckon he gets it briefed to him, what was said. Is that controversial? I don't reckon he sits down and watches it. Well, he probably should, he should if he's the Prime Minister. Boris Johnson definitely did. Do you, do you listen to the King's speech? We do put we put it on because... but mo- There's a lot of anti-monarchists, mm-hmm. but my grandmother loved the Queen. I don't think that we'll watch Charles. I've never, ever watched it on Christmas Day. Really? N- never been at a Christmas where someone's gone time for the King's speech at all. 
Really? My, my my grandmother liked it. Like, likes it. It's not it's not an anti monarchist thing. It just isn't as in my family, I think my family in general like the royal family. Do they? Yeah. Because I think that Oh we do so so we'll sit there and then they'll just you, you sit there and boo. Yeah. You you sit there and there'll be a lot of like, Oh, give us something. But I think What's that about? <laughs> What's that? What's that big gold frame doing on there? Oh, how much is that got? How much is that robe? Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, my father do not engage. So I don't. Think, I don't think that would be controversial. Well, it would be controversial because he's prime minister. I don't think it's in of itself controversial. I think when it was the Queen, it would have been controversial for anyone to not watch the Queen's. Because I think that there's like a new thing now where they're like, oh, you can't have to watch King Charles, but oh, the Queen, she was so lovely. How can you not like the Queen? Oh, there was that about it, do you know what I mean? Um, I'm not impersonating so anyone that I know. Uh. <laughs> right. Uh, will you be watching the King's Speech? Well, no, probably not, because I'd have to like interrupt Christmas dinner to go and... What time do you have Christmas what dinner? King's Speech? Three o'clock. Three o'clock. I think that's about when we have Christmas dinner. You have it at three o'clock? We're, we're, we, we, I think we have it late in the afternoon. We're late, late. Really? Yeah. What time is that? Probably like five-ish. Hmm. That's like, what, do, you, do you have lunch? No. Does that do you have a uh, nice breakfast? No. No. Well, we have like bits while we're all like having a few drinks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What would you give Rishi Sunak for Christmas? Um. Sorry. Um. What would I give Rishi Sunak? Yes. For Christmas? P forty five. Oh, very good. What about you? Very good. I think I, sh- I can't top that. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe like uh, one of those operations, those horrible operations to make you taller. <laughs> you know that. You know that, that procedure is like. Yeah, it, I do. That's they, awful. They break their shins oh in multiple God, places. Evil. But it's consent to it. It wouldn't be like. Do you think you'd like it? I, as a, as a, well, I think everyone would like to be two inches taller. All right. Can I take my answer back and give you a new one? Yes. I give him one of those pens that you can write underwater with. Because you're going to drown him. No, what the? <laughs> Stop this. Just so right. he, he likes gadgets, he might enjoy it. Yeah, well, it probably has to be, he always probably has everything he wants if you're a hundred millionaire. Yeah, what was it that Kate Middleton, when she first met the Queen, gave her a pot of chutney? Really? Homemade chutney, her grandmother's recipe. I don't know why I know that. No. Because I also, I don't, no, I don't, I've never seen The Crown. I don't engage with any royal reporting whatsoever, but I do know that for some reason. Mm, that's interesting. And apparently she put it on the table. Ooh, is that, a, is that a friend's button? That's, that's like a, no, 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 she gave it to the Queen and the Queen had it put out on the table. Oh. So that was like a, we like that. We like Kate, we like her chutney. That was what it was saying. Maybe we can find out what her, do you think she's coming on the podcast? Kate Middleton? Yeah. She did Radio 1 the other week, didn't they? She did it. Her and Will. Chris Stark and Peter Crouch think as well. Yeah, they're trying to do. Um, they're trying to millennialize themselves, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, be like, we're like a cool family. Ingratiate themselves with the younger people, so it's like, <laughs> don't give us the Charles treatment. Yeah, the the last Charles, not this Charles. Charles the second, the one that was beheaded. Right. Okay. The first one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't think. I I don't think that's on the table. To be fair. Well, well, no, because when you use the guillotine, it goes into the basket. Very good. I don't think they used to get a team. They probably went old school and went for an axe, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think, yeah. Because it... Anne Boleyn was hacked quite a bit. You know that? Yes. Yeah. I did do that. Yeah. 
I think I, I'm quite glad we don't behead anyone anymore. You'd be like begging for like a nice clean cut, wouldn't you? You'd like go up and you'd be a bit like brutal. Be like, please, Mister Beheader, please, can What's you be it, a bit? A painting that's on TikTok a lot. Is it Jane Grey? Because it's quite a harrowing painting of her being led to her execution. Oh yeah, it's big like Renaissance style. It's like I get a lot of TikToks about it being like people being like this is just horrible because it is like really horrible. I think she's about seventeen when she was beheaded. That's old back then though. No, true. And she's like, but she has a blindfold on and she's kind of like resisting. Oh, that was, like, a little, that was a little bit of just she gave it. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. She, yeah. So she's flamenco dancing. Yeah. And they, no, it's um, it's worth a look on your phone rather than go to see it. I don't. Yeah, I, well, I know nothing about this painting. I'll have a quick look at it. Yeah. I, I've been encumbered by Anne of Cleves TikTok recently. Really? Yeah. Why? Well, like, apparently Henry, like, apparently she was, well, apparently she wasn't that ugly. Apparently she was just a bit average looking. And like, there's like there's this whole bit that's debated at the moment about whether he really did. She was in um, oh God, I can't I forgot where it is, but it begins with an R. Anyway, she was in this. She was on her, on her way out to meet Henry and Rotherham. No, I think it was no. Anyway, Rochester. Yes, it was Rochester. Oh. And um, apparently he snuck in in the middle of the night and like tried to kiss her, and she was like, "What? Who's this strange man?" And she'd seen a portrait oh. of him, and his portrait looked nothing like him. At this point, he was like old, fat, and gouty. Yeah. Yeah. And someone like on this TikTok was like, like furiously in the comments, like he was a very good-looking man, very trim until he had his jousting accident. And it was like he's 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 dead. Yeah, why are you? People are so odd. People are so odd. Why are you gunning for Henry VIII? Do you know what? Okay, so if you were listening and you are a Reddit user, could you please let us know on the Politics Show subreddit? Why are you gunning for Henry VIII? Uh, if you're a Henry VIII stand, then please, please, please let us know why. Mm-hmm. And why you care. And which was your favourite wife? Who was your favourite favorite wife? Okay, so like obviously when I, I used to be Anne Boleyn, but the, since I've had like my kind of uh, feminist renaissance, I now think it's Catherine of Aragon. She was actually she was actually a proper little girl boss. Is, is, she was the first one. She was the first one. Yeah. And she was like... You're free to go quietly. She was like, I'm not going. We got married in the eyes of the Pope. Uh-huh. Who the hell are you? And- Fatty. <laughs> And because obviously he was very large because he was eating like 10 grouse oh. a day. You know, he like broke a horse's back at one point as well because he was so big. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the Big guy. Have you seen Napoleon? No. Are you going to see Napoleon? No, should I? Well, there's scenes, there's a scene where a cannibal hits a horse and it like explodes. It's absolutely Well, I insane. bet you like that. Yeah, it was mental. Oh, right. I enjoyed the film. Okay. Are you, I, I thought it was an interesting thing I've never seen on cinema before. I don't think we should... What do you Can prefer, the Napoleon or the Senate video? What did I prefer watching? Yeah. Napoleon. Oh. I didn't think there was very much depth in the Senate video. <laughs> Too short, though. If, so, if, if, the Senate, if the Senate video was three hours long, I'd have enjoyed that. Oh, 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 that it's, kind of depth. It's just his runtime. No, and how, so, how, how far his date went up his arse. Nice. It was that de- that depth as well. Anyway, happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Thank you everyone for listening to us this year. See you in a week. Wait, one. It's like ten days. Oh, we'll see you next year. Um, yeah, but it's like what? What day is it now? Eighteenth. We'll meet you back in like ten days. Okay. Well, don't miss us too much. Um, thank you everyone for listening this year. It's been very fun, and looking forward to seeing it all again next year in a potential election year. And Ollie will be back as well. Yeah, of course he will be. Hopefully. Well, I don't know. Stop saying that. <laughs> I'm like, sack him. <laughs> um, thank you. Bye. Bye. 
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.